I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Okay, how are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a long week, so this weekend feels extra nice to just relax, stay out of the heat, and stay safe. Those are all good things to do. Yeah, tell me about your week. Did you do anything fun, exciting? Uh, I went back to a movie theater for the first time. Oh, how was that experience? Uh, It was weird, like... I felt kind of weird about it leading up to it. And then when I got there, because I went to um, Alamo Draft House. Um, and once I got there, I sort of like chilled out and everything was good. But I had been I'd been stressed. That's good. Sorry, I'm choking on my white claw <laughs> here. So if you stop hearing anything, I died. So continue. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I um I saw Suicide Squad and I really really liked it. Oh my god. I I saw it too and it was really good. I was so surprised how good it was. I mean I mean I've liked pretty much all of James Gunn's movies, but I wasn't expecting to care as much about this movie as I did. Like the, there's a real good heart to this movie while it's being all like gonzo violence and super funny and crass and disgusting. And I just, I thought it was, I thought it was a lot of fun and seeing it in the theater, even, you know, it was like at 40% capacity or something like that. It was, it was still good to see it with like other people. Yeah. It was a fun movie going experience. You know, my theater was probably the same capacity as yours too. But it definitely felt like more lively, like people having fun, people laughing. Like I felt like everyone was laughing at all, like the the laughable parts, which that's always fun in a movie theater because you know when your movie theater's empty when like something funny happens and no one laughs and you're like, Wow, this this place is empty. But we had a pretty good semi crowd, so that was good. But I was just so happy. Like I I really like James Gunn. I loved his Scooby-Doo movies. I'm not the biggest Guardians of the Galaxy fan, though. I don't blame that on James Gunn. I might blame that on Chris Pratt or 
Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of really like those movies, despite the fact that I think Chris Pratt is my personal dislike for Messiah. I also just think he is really miscast. Yeah, I just, uh, they're not my favorite movies. And that's no one's fault but my own. But I i really liked it. I loved the characters. I loved this variation of Harley Quinn. You know, compared, you see the first Suicide Squad in this. And just Harley is just like so happy and so funny. And she's not wearing skimpy clothing. And it's just like, it just, everything all around seems like so appropriate. And... I'm forgetting Sharkman's name, but I think he's my favorite character of all time. King Shark's awesome. I knew, like, going into it that I was going to like him because I love him. He's just like, oh, look, it's a giant shark character. How do you not love that? And it's one of the, he's one of the best um, pieces of the Harley Quinn animated show where um, I think it's Ron Funches who voices him in that. So I went and going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love King Shark. Of course I do. But I didn't expect I would care about him as much as I did. And the whole, like, he just wants to have friends storyline was so cute. Especially when he tries to eat one of the members <laughs> in the beginning. God, I love that so much. Yeah. And I really liked Ratcatcher, too. Um, I liked Polka Dot Man, who was another one I was not expecting to care much about it's so funny is i this is i think the first time in any movie where um i'm never sure if it's jay courtney or jai courtney because it's spelled j-a-i but he's captain boomerang and he was so terrible in that first movie and in general is like the biggest block of wood actor he's up there with like sam worthington is it just being utterly unmemorable and i could not pick him out of a lineup of other just like average white dudes but i really liked him in this movie i thought he was quite funny and charming yeah and the and the bit when um i can't remember the character's name when pete davidson's character asks if weasel's a dog and he's just like now what what breed of dog exactly (laughs) do you think that would be Oh my god, Weasel was so funny. I was so happy. I don't know if this should be a spoiler alert for Suicide Squad. Well, decide if we're going to talk spoilers or not so that people can tag out. Yeah, I'll put I'll put the time card in the beginning okay. of we talk about Suicide Squad. Now, this is your warning now. So if you keep on listening, you'll find out that in the very end of the movie, you see that Weasel's alive. <laughs> And it's just such a nice relief when the weasel is like the ugliest character I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm just so happy the weasel's alive. You remember that dog who won like the the world's ugliest dog cost- contest who got really big on Twitter? That's what weasel kind of oh looks like. Oh my god, yeah. The, not last year, but the year before. Yeah. Oh. The really ratty one. Oh, what an angel on earth. The whole opening sequence was so brilliantly well done with the second team really being the people you're going to follow besides um, Harley and um, Army Dude. Why can I not remember anybody's name today? That's okay. Army Dude is forgettable. Flag, 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 flag. Yeah, but you know what? I ended up caring about him and liking him. And I really, that was the, um, 
besides the sudden, like how early people died, his was the like his was the per, well, he was like somebody going in. I thought would make it through this movie. I was really surprised that he didn't, and I was so surprised of how emotional he got about Project Starfish and how Beastmaker was just like, no, like we can't release this information. Like just seeing like how hardcore. Uh, peacemaker was in that whole situation with him wanting to release that information he's like fuck no how good was john cena in this movie oh my god john cena was so good he's i just the the evolution of e-reality tv star john cena to (laughs) actor t like it's just i remember seeing him on my television screen having arguments with one of the bella twins and now he's a movie star like i'm so proud he did it (laughs) i like that that's who he was to you previously he was previously a reality tv star who didn't want to have kids didn't want to get married you know was really into his wrestling gig and was dating one of the bella twins who really wanted to get married really wanted to have a kid and you know all of a sudden he got into this acting gig and then now he's happy being an actor she's happy because she's married to some guy from dancing with the stars so no they're engaged they have a kid like they're both happy like that's just that's just like a fairy tale ending. No, I thought he was really funny. The um, any of the scenes with him and Idris Elba were great. Uh speaking of which, goddamn, I love that man. A beautiful man. Bloodsport being an ended up being a more interesting character than I would have thought, and the stuff with his daughter was cool, and I liked him. Again, like the having Ratcatcher two sort of draw everybody in as the heart of the movie. So you know, like the stuff with her and King Shark, and the stuff with her and Bloodsport, and the little rat with the little vest, Sebastian. Sebastian was the star of the film. MVP. MVP, most valued player, and just. He worked together so well with everyone. And I loved the backstory with the rat catcher and her dad and how her dad was fucking Taika Watiti. Like, I just thought that was the best thing ever. I love that. Because, like, that was one of the things, like, because the the first flashback, I'm like, that dude looks a lot like Taika Watiti. Is that Taika Watiti? But I couldn't quite tell. Because, you know, it's like, it's so gray and, like, he's just, like, injecting like drugs into his arm. And I'm like, I don't know. I think that's him. And then when when they do the, the scene at the very sweet scene at the end. Like, oh, yeah, that totally is. I love that man. I know. I remember Carlos whispering to me. He's like, is that Taika? I'm like, yep. <laughs> like, I could tell that it was him, especially with that needle in his arm. Because especially the way that he was looking down, I'm like, that's Taika. But I just thought that was so funny. Like, celebrity cameos in movies always entertain me. But just cameos like that. Because Taika's just such a funny fucking guy. He is. But, yeah, that was a really fun movie-going experience. I had so much fun. I had so much popcorn. And I'm not really much of a popcorn person, but I don't know why. It's just that popcorn just tasted so good. Like, there's nothing like movie theater popcorn in this world. Like, just so buttery and disgusting, but just so good. Yeah. Yeah, and I saw you got some drinks. Tell me about your your special cocktails. I got a um, a pirate punch, they were calling it, which was like a couple kinds of rum and pineapple juice and lime juice. 
And then, because it was, you know, my first time back at the movie theater in a year and a half, I decided to splurge and I also got a grasshopper milkshake. So it was like a milkshake with, with creme de menthe and some other shit in it. And it was delicious. I definitely did not need it after I'd eaten a hamburger and fries, but so good. Emily, you got to treat yourself. This is the first time in almost two years that you've been to a movie theater. Like, you got to go all out. You got to get all the candy, the drinks, the the foods. Like, you got to get everything. So I'm really glad that you splurged and treated yourself because you deserve it. Yeah. And then I tipped like 40% because, I mean, you know, the theater was closed for so long. And also, they're getting tips from half as many people. So, oh. It's really nice of you. You're such a good person. Eh, I like the staff at the Alamo is always like good. I've never had a problem there. Yeah, I always love those places where you can go to, and you just know that everyone who's there is just so kind and lovely. Like, and then just makes it so much easier and so much more fun to just like go back there because you know that you know your people are going to be there. But no, I I thought I would like the movie, but I ended up liking it even more. Than I thought I would. And then just like the first like 15 or 20 minutes are just so solid. Yeah. And also I, I really, really, really highly enjoyed seeing Pete Davidson get his face blown off. Because if I have to see that man in a movie, he better die in the first 10 minutes. I was so happy I didn't have to see him the whole rest of the movie. Like I already saw him enough through his relationship with Ariana Grande. Like I, I'm glad that that happened. It was pretty satisfying. It was, it was, especially just his face blowing off. Cause then it's like, you didn't get to have, you don't have to see his face anymore. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. I really like the movie. I really like how, you know, John Cena is coming back and that we're gonna get more Peacemaker. Yeah. They're doing that TV show. And I might watch that because John Cena was a fucking delight in this movie. He was weird, you know, especially when he was just standing there in his underwear. Like it was just the funniest thing. Like. I love it. Like he was born to play this character. It was he was really funny and and it was just I don't know. I had been sort of ignoring that TV show for the most part because I mean even though I like I like James Gunn. I mean, I don't like DC I, I'm not a DC person and it's not a character I knew at all. So I was like, "Eh, I'll check it out when it comes on." But now I'm like, "Oh no. Now I'm actually interested in what this show is going to be." Yeah, I I really want to know what happens more with John Cena because John Cena has always interested me. You know, this serious man, but then it's like it's the serious man in his underwear that like loves America so much that he's willing to kill and do whatever to save America. Like that's insane. What yeah. also I just I liked the other people in like the office, like the the handler people, so if we get to see Steve Agee and those women in the TV show I will enjoy that because they were fun characters oh I know like when Viola Davis was about to blow them up and one of them just hits her with in the head with the, like a, a stick or a broom or some shit like holy shit I was not expecting that which was so cool to see them you know defend the suicide squad and try to help them out like that was so cool to see that teamwork it was very satisfying it was because Viola Davis was ruthless in this movie, you know, threatening uh, Idris Elba that she was going to fucking kill his kid. And damn, like she wanted to get shit done. Yeah, she's 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 hardcore. Yeah. But no, I 
I do want to, it makes me want to go back and watch the Harley Quinn cartoon again so I can see more King Shark, even if it is a different King Shark. I know, I need to finish that. I think I got to like the end of season one. So I really need to get back to that. Season two is really good. The the stuff with, with Harles and Ivy in season two is just, is just brilliant. I'm so glad they're doing a third season. I need to get Carlos into that. I think that he would really like that because we're trying to find a show to kind of start watching right now. But I mean, we're already watching Ted Lasso, so that's good enough. Oh my God, Ted Lasso. I just feel like I'm such a broken record with just, you know, Suicide Squad was great. When we talk about Bad Batch, I'm going to say it's great. I Ted Lasso, great is an understatement of a word to describe this last episode of Ted Lasso. Like, I don't think I'd ever seen anything on television as wholesome and beautiful as this last episode of Ted Lasso. But it, like, it doesn't, it does that all without feeling cheesy or preachy, which is, I'm sort of baffled at how they managed to do that. Because, uh, like, this, I come to this so often with Ted Lasso that on paper, is it just be, like, fake and gross, like, look how heartwarming we are. But it feels genuine and it feels earned. And Led Tasso was hilarious. Led Tasso's like beautifully horrible. And I love it because he just tries so hard to just be hated. And like you can't hate him even though he's telling you to run like 500 laps. You just it. It's poetry. It's beautiful. <laughs> It's so funny. And when he first decides to do it and just Coach Beard's like wide-eyed no, no, no reaction, I thought was great. I know. And Nate's just sitting there like, who is, who is Led Tasso? I love Nate. (laughs) Me too. Nate's so funny. He needs to be a little nicer to uh, the guy who ended up replacing him though. Like I, yeah. I can't wait for that to be addressed because he's being a little turd to that guy, and that guy's just trying. Like I know that he put lavender in the in the towels and pineapple in the water and other miscellaneous stuff, but I I can't wait till that gets addressed because he needs to be a little nicer to that poor little curly haired man. Yes, he does. But we need to talk about Sam because. What a precious soul that man is. I'm so glad that this is his season. Like, this is Sam's season. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. When he texts his dad about the ad, and he's so excited because he's like, you and mom can fly anywhere now, and look how well I'm doing. And it's like, because we got that thing, like, that's what he wants is to make his dad proud. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, his dad being proud of him, we already know, is, like, the most important thing to him. And... To have that immediately be shot down because they're owned by an evil oil company that is ruining his country was, it was just, it was great. And I like that for, it like, it wasn't even a, a decision. And I like the fact that nobody on, on management, like, tried to talk him out of it or anything because they could tell how much this meant to him. It was just when they're putting a tape on. Over the Dubai air on their uniforms. Then, goddamn Jamie Tart, man. I know the second that he asks for that tape, you just see that 
there's just so much redemption there and that he cares like not only redemption but the fact that you know he has come so far in this journey and that he goes from wanting to buy everyone ps5s to wanting to cover up something that's really hurting like one of his teammates yeah, it was great. And it was, but he's still like he's still Jamie, and he's still just so dumb and arrogant. And I love it because when when he has the idea to buy everyone on the team PS5, so they'll like him, and they'll like him, and and Ted and everybody's like, oh, so you're just gonna try to buy their affection? And he's like, well, yeah. What what better to spend money on than love? And I'm like, <laughs> that's that's not not quite right but also is strangely sweet at the same time i know because it's like he's trying and he wants everyone to like him so that's the only thing that he really knows how to do is he has money so he's like i could spend money on people people like money people like things like it's just such like a childish approach but just the fact that it's jb doing it it's just so funny because he's like a dog in a way because like he could shit on your carpet but like it's easy to forgive him because you know he's he's an asshole but he's kind of adorable sometimes but I don't know. That was a big moment for him to grab the tape and cover the Dubai air on his jersey because he was the first one, you know, other than the, the other, other than teammates. Nigerian players. Yeah. yeah. And that was a big deal because, you know, he didn't do that because he felt like he had to. He did that because he wanted to. And that was a big statement. Yeah. And like the last little like bro hug between him and Sam at the end was very, I liked it. It was heartwarming. I love the scenes between Rebecca and Nora too. You know, the fact that we got to see Rebecca's goddaughter Nora in this episode was really adorable. And the fact that Nora's favorite player was, um, was Sam. <laughs> when she's just like blissed out that he remembered her name after like you know five minutes like <laughs> so cute and yeah it was nice that it wasn't like Nora totally resents and hates Rebecca but she also you know she did get in a couple of good needles there about the fact that her godmother abandoned her and her mom for six years yeah yeah, I love, like, the jokes. Like, you know, Rebecca would be like, ouch, that hurt. But, like, she gets it. Like, I loved her humor so much. And I loved what she brought into Rebecca. You know, Rebecca standing up for herself and, you know, getting Sam off of Dubai Air. And, you know, signing the email with boss-ass bitch. Like, Rebecca's just shining so much. And I'm really enjoying seeing it, you know, compared to last season when she was trying to do everything she could to end Ted because, everything that was that team was you know her ex-husband so she wanted to destroy it but now you know seeing that you know she sees so much in herself and in the team and she's enjoying it she's enjoying herself like she's become such a fun character to watch shine in the series yeah and the little the little scene when they meet up with um roy and phoebe was cute um I, I liked when when Roy asked, like, did you break up with that guy because of what I said? And she's like, well, no, it's because of what you said was right. And I'm like, that's a that's a neat little distinction. But also, just like the Roy Phoebe Uncle Roy is the cutest thing in the world, and <laughs> the the very good advice there of she just wants to be part of your life. You don't have to, you know, 
take her to activities all the time. Just be with her and talk to her. I'm like, oh, he's a smart, smart man. He is. And the way that Phoebe lights up when he asks her to go to his doctor's appointment with him. <laughs> uh, and also when, when Rebecca's like, she, utter, when she, she has someone like uh, about Phoebe, like she adores you so much or she loves you so much. And Roy's reaction is, yeah, it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> I just go back to the first season when he's reading her wrinkle in time and he realizes that it's about him. He's like, fuck. (laughs) Oh, Oh, Roy. Roy's a good character. I'm so glad that we have someone like Roy. Like, I want to shake the hands of the people who created Roy because they did a really good fucking job. And Keely has the cardboard stand of him in her office. And that's the first thing that Jamie looks at, which I think is so funny. Man. Good. Yeah. I love Roy. I love sports reporter Roy, too. He's so mean and ruthless, and it's just so fun to watch. Like, I I wish that was a whole show was him reporting sports. I would watch a sports show, like, if it were him. When I used to live in my parents' house, that was all my dad would watch was, you know, sports reporting and everything, too. So I feel like watching that, like it made me think of my dad, but just also just like what I feel like everyone wants to hear, like from sports reporting, because it's like you get kind of like the fairy tale, like, oh, wow, this was a great shot. And then you hear Roy being like, no, that was fucking stupid. Like, why did this? This shouldn't have happened. I love him. They played like shit. (laughs) I love Roy. I loved this episode. I loved that Jamie got to talk with Dr. Sharon. And I can't wait for Ted to talk to Dr. Sharon because Ted really needs a conversation with Dr. Sharon. Yeah. Now, my only question this episode is because they're setting up the thing with the dating app that Kaylee is doing PR for that she's getting people to sign up for that Rebecca signed up for. And they make a very big deal of the fact that is anonymous and you don't use pictures. So, obviously, somebody on the show is going to end up on a blind date with somebody else on the show. But I can't quite figure out if they're going to do the obvious, like, Rebecca Ted thing, or if they're going somewhere else with that. I don't know, though. But I, because I think about Rebecca and Ted, but then I would think of Rebecca and her friend, and then Ted asking her friend, like, oh, God, is she mine? Talking about Nora, because, oh, my daughter's here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, like, I don't think, I don't think, like, I, and I hope it would be too, like, standard sitcom for this show, for them, like, Ted and Rebecca to, like, fall in love. But if we, you know, if it's like, I could see them doing, like, they awkwardly end up on a date together or something. I don't know about that. Like, that would be really interesting. Or, um, or Nate. I would really like to see Nate with someone, but yeah. you think of Nate and Rebecca, like, that'd be so odd. Like, I don't Nate know if Rebecca- I could see that. No, but, like, again, like, it'd be really funny. Although, even even without, like, pictures or names, you can't imagine them getting in a conversation together that would end with them wanting to go on a date with one another, even not knowing who the other person was. Ooh, what about Coach Beard and Rebecca? Oh. Yeah, but Coach Beard can't go on because his girlfriend will kill him. Yeah, because they're sharing a cloud account now, which I wish I shared a cloud account with Carlos because he won't get any Apple products. And all I want to do is just be able to check his location. That's all I want to do. 
not because okay look i know how weird that sounds and i just want to check his location but it's just so convenient because so that if he's on his way somewhere and i see that his little dot is moving that he's not fucking dead or something like i just want to make sure he's alive (laughs) like i don't care where he is i just want to make sure that fucking dot is moving on the maps wow i don't know it's just it's convenient because like my family we all track each other even though like we get kind of like we we ironically get like creepy about it sometimes like rusty like sees him at the store and he's like what are you getting at the store or something but that's just like rusty because rusty likes to check where like people i I don't know he's very investigative which is hilarious but also like i i love that feature like the find my friends feature it's just it's so convenient because like if you know carlos sees i'm at the store or something he can text me and say hey i see you're at the store can you grab this for me and i'd be like fuck yeah i'll grab it for you awesome great great communication but yeah I don't know. It's just such a convenient feature, and I really like it, and I really wish that he would switch over to Apple products, but he doesn't like Steve Jobs, which I totally understand, and he really wants that, like, flip phone from Samsung with all, like, the flip phone, you know, commercials where they're closing their hands and shit. He thinks that's, like, the coolest shit in the world, which I guess it's fine, but maybe one day he'll switch over to Apple, and, or maybe, I don't know, I won't switch. I like Apple. I like my Apple products. I have Windows products at my work, and I'm kind of bummed about that because I've gotten so used to Apple products the past couple of years, but I don't know. But anyways, yeah, that, that dating app is really interesting where you you don't see any pictures and you just talk. So I'm really interested to see who finds who or who, I don't know, like what could happen? We'll see. I mean, obviously, they're going somewhere with it. It's not the kind of thing you introduce and then not do anything with. Yeah, that's true. I love Coach Beard, though. Like, Coach Beard's just so funny, and he doesn't even try. God damn. Yeah, he's hilarious. That show is just really good. I'm really glad that it exists. And season two has really blown away my expectations. Like, that is how you do a second season of a show. Yeah, it's it's really solid. Yeah. It is. It it really is. But do you want to start talking about some Star Wars uh news? Uh sure, I guess. Okay. So one of the biggest things that was revealed this week was the pricing for the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser hotel at Walt Disney World. And to no one's surprise at all, it is very fucking expensive. So let's say that Emily and I really want to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser too. I don't know, like if we want to record a podcast on the Star Cruiser, you know, have our own fun experience, do do you know, just do whatever we want. It would cost us one thousand two hundred nine dollars per guest per night, or forty eight hundred dollars altogether. It's insane for something you are billing, like, as, like, a family event. Who will do this? Like, who will volunteer? Rich people, them? No, man. I don't know. If I was rich, I want to do this shit. Like, I would, like, I would expect to spend this money on going, like, a cruise ship or something. Like, I would go on a fucking Disney cruise for spending, like, 
$1,200 a person or I'd go to, to fucking Cancun or something like something where I'm spending money all inclusive, etc, etc. But I don't see more than two days. Yeah, exactly. More than two days. Like nothing here screams exclusive. It all screams is this immerse experience. And I just I don't get it. I don't get who this caters to or what this caters to. And the fact that you still have to spend money, you know, because you're you're just at the end of the day, you're staying at a hotel. You're staying at Disney property, even though I go on and on about how wonderful and essential or how wonderful and easy it is to stay on Disney property and how it's worth spending a little bit more extra money. This is to the point where it's too much because I would rather stay at the Grand California or Grand Floridian for and I could stay there for half the price per night. And I would still be getting a decent vacation. Like, I feel like if I stayed at this Galactic Star Cruiser thing, like, I would feel like I'm on a cruise ship or something. Like, it would be hard for me to go from one experience to the next because it's like I'm going from I'm on a cruise, I'm on a ship, I'm on a spaceship to I'm at the Disney parks. Like, it's just, it's too much. And they still haven't done a great job or really any job at explaining what exactly the immersive experience is. Like what you're going to be like, obviously, like one day you're going to Galaxy's Edge in the park, but like what stupid bullshit you're doing that other day really does matter, especially when you're charging that much money for it. Yeah. And I'm just reading like the amenities, like they have a fridge, hair dryer, safe, phone <laughs> with a voicemail messaging, interactive TV. Like, I'm just like, who does this cater to? I mean, that's just a, that's just a hotel room. You can get that at a Holiday Inn. I'm really curious to see how this is. Like, I I would never stay here. Like, if someone, like, gave me a free pass here, maybe. But I just, I don't see how it's worth your money. Because I love Disney World. Disney World is one of my favorite places in the world. And, you know, I admit that I spend a lot of money there. Because it's like, you know, I stay on the property. You know, I go to the parks. And staying on the property isn't cheap. It's convenient because of, you know, the transportation, the buses, um, just the, the restaurants that they have there. Like, I love it. It's convenient for me. It makes me happy to stay there because, you know, it's Disney property. Like, I fucking love Disney. But this is just too much money. Like, I, I would not spend thousands of dollars to feel like I'm in Star Wars because Galaxy's Edge did that and it underwhelmed me. It seems bananas. It's so bananas and I don't know about this I'm really curious to see what this looks like in the end when it opens you know people's reviews videos of people that stay at the hotel I'm really curious I really wish that we knew someone who wanted to go to this so I could ask them just what was it like because I I know I don't know maybe one of our friends will stay here which no, no shame if you want to stay here if you want to spend thousands of dollars to stay at a you know Disney resort like Okay, yeah, that, that's up to you. Like, you can do whatever you want to do. If you want to feel like you're in Star Wars, then yeah, feel like you're in Star Wars. Spend thousands of dollars to feel like you're in Star Wars and on a cruise ship. I keep I keep comparing it to cruise ship because it's like I, I associate like starship with cruise ship because like you're on a ship, you're doing activities. Like they're catering well, to they're this. They're calling it a star cruiser. So they're catering this to like cruise. Like you know, you do this at this time. Like there's an itinerary. I thought that was interesting because I feel like some people who go on vacations like don't want an itinerary too because people go on cruise ships to drink and have fun. Like they don't really go by the itinerary necessarily, but 
I don't know. It's just there's still so much information I feel like I don't know. And I feel like I need to sit down and look at all of the different venues, all of the different dining, the activities. But the activities just seem like lightsaber building. Um, and that's really the only thing. I mean, I see like there's restaurants, there's dinners, but I don't know. And maybe if dinners and lunches or if food is included in that expensive price, then maybe it's worth it. But I know Disney and I don't think it is. I think that you're just spending. No, meals are. Meals are included. Meals are, meals are included. And, but like, and then you get like one quick service meal during the park day. Yeah, that's interesting. I maybe that is like a little more worth it than what I'm what I'm saying, but that's still so expensive. But I'm just laughing because a lot of people, I I guess, are surprised of how expensive it is. I'm not because it's Disney. Like Disney, I don't know why I'm having you share my or sharing my screen. I don't know. I'm, I'm pressing random buttons on Skype, but I I don't know. I just I'm really torn with this idea that the parks need this type of experience i think that maybe it should have been experimented like probably like later on in the couple years but i don't know i i think this is just this isn't it yet if that makes sense also worth noting that those prices that they've given that they're giving so far are what they're saying are just weekday prices oh fuck that and they're not even like, and it's like, those are example prices from like late August to early September. So not even peak, peak times. That's interesting because it can get way more expensive. And then there's always deals too, but I don't know if the deals were will exist here on the Galactic Star Cruiser. I don't think that coupons or discounts exist in Star Wars, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't imagine I'm going to be spending money on that anytime soon or ever i really don't think so either and also this week disneyland revealed their new annual pass system which is the magic key passes which there's four different passes i'll go over this quickly but it ranges from fourteen hundred dollars to four hundred dollars and it's basically the same thing as the last annual passes but it's a reservation system like the lowest price one, you can only have two reservations at a time versus the most expensive one is six reservations at a time and you get free parking. And I don't know if like I am 100% going to get an annual pass again because the reservation system like scares me a little bit because I like the spontaneity of, you know, going to the parks, but also, you know, COVID has really affected I keep mm-hmm. pressing that button. I COVID has really affected where I go and how I do things. And I'm not sure if I want to visit the parks anytime soon, you know, with all the restrictions, with all the scares, with all, you know, the possibilities of I could get sick. I'm with a crowd of people. Like, I, I don't think I want to risk that yet and spend so much money a year only going to the park certain times but then it's interesting because you can buy a three-day park hopper pass and then with and then you could upgrade to a magic key pass so that you can go for the rest of the year you just subtract the money that you spent on the mm-hmm. three-day park hopper 
which I thought was really interesting. And I think that a lot of Southern Californian people um, can benefit from that. So if you live in the Southern California area or any area and you and you're curious about the annual pass system if the, if it was like too i don't know too vague let me know so i can try to explain that to you more because i had explained it to carlos the fact that if you want to go on a blackout day and you want to spend outside of the you know if you can get the three-day park hopper pass then you can use that get the upgrade to the magic key and then you can also upgrade keys so if you have the socal key you can upgrade to the key above or like the big one like if you all of a sudden want to say you know i want to pay for i don't want to pay for parking anymore fuck that mess i want 20 percent off instead of 10 percent off you can upgrade and to the fourteen hundred dollar key but then it's like you just subtract the amount of key money that you use for the imagine key or the other key so mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. But I'm really curious to see how how the annual pass system goes. I'm really bummed out that they're not called like the annual pass holders anymore and that's these keys thing. I don't know. Like I I miss the the annual passes. I like seeing like little like bumper stickers and like little magnets. Like I think that's fun. The key stuff is fine, but Disney's always been into keys and shit and they always like sell like the key merch. So I understand where that's coming from, but I don't know. If anyone's getting an annual pass, let me know. I really want to see how that goes. So I'm still not 100% sure yet. I'm afraid to go to the park still. So let me know. I'm really curious. But uh, let's move on to the next news that we have, which is that Disney Plus announced that season two of The Bad Batch is going to happen. Yeah, it's coming back next year. I am surprised by how happy I am to hear that. Yeah, I'm on the StarWars.com website. They said that it'll launch in 2022. That fans have enthusiastically embraced an action and drama Star Wars The Bad Batch. And we are excited to see the Star Wars animated universe continue to expand on Disney+. Plus. Said Michael Paul, the president of Disney+, Plus and ESPN+. Plus. As the dedicated streaming home of the Star Wars franchise, we can't wait for the second season of this fan-favorite animated series. How lovely. Way to go, Disney. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, like, shocked or anything, but I am pleased. I am, too. I've, I've really enjoyed this last season. And even though there was, like, one or two episodes where I was like, eh, these are... These are fine. Like the season overall, the the season overall was really good. The fact that these characters went from okay, they're they're clones to you know, they all have their own personalities. They all have you know their own things. It's really easy to get invested. I mean, Emily, we went from having a podcast with Steel. And Corey and Noah trying to convince us that a Bad Batch TV show is a good idea to us <laughs> actually thinking that a Bad Batch TV show is is a good idea. So we've come full circle. Yeah. I had forgotten about that. That's funny. I know. God, that was what, like a year and a half, like two years ago when we, when we did that? I'm kind of annoyed that they were right. Me too. I don't like being wrong, but I accept it. <laughs> Yeah. 
So good for Bad Batch. I'm I'm excited. I really liked this 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 last season. I I really like that we're getting the story, especially like the time frame. I really like it. I really like the characters. I really like Omega. Can't wait to see more of Omega. But speaking of Star Wars shows, uh, Disney Plus announced that they are doing a little uh, little Lego Star Wars TV special called uh, Rest in Pieces. The Terrifying Tales. Actually, it's just called Terrifying Tales. I just think it's fucking adorable that it's the little tombstone with rest in pieces. Yeah, Lego, Star Wars, Terrifying Tales. Uh, it's going to premiere October 1st. And let's see the description. After the events of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, why why they need to make this canon, I don't know. <laughs> what, what the fuck ever. Okay, but after the events of Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Poe Dameron and BB-8 must make an emergency landing on the volcanic planet Mustafar, where they meet the greedy and conniving Grabella the Hutt. The crime boss has purchased Darth Vader's castle and is renovating it into the galaxy's first all-inclusive Sith-inspired luxury hotel. That, I'm assuming, yeah, I'm going to say not canon, but you never know. I hope it's canon. Please, God, be canon. Well, waiting for his X-Wing to be repaired, Poe, BB-8, Grabella, and Dean, a plucky and courageous young boy who works as Grabella's mechanic, venture deep into the mysterious castle with Vader's loyal servant, Vinny. Along the way, Vinny shares three creepy stories linked to ancient artifacts and iconic villains from across all eras of Star Wars. As Vinny spins his... Tales and lures our heroes deeper into the shadowy underbelly of the castle. A sinister plan emerges. With the help of Dean, Poe, and BB-8, with the help of Dean, Poe and BB-8 will have to face their fears, stop an agent evil from rising, and escape it in spike to make back to their friends. Damn, Vinny is old. And Vinny is going to be voiced by Tony Hale from um, Arrested Development. That's great. And Christian Slater is in it. Poe Dameron, it should be noted, is not being voiced by Oscar Isaac. Because I imagine he has better things to do. Although, seeing that Dune trailer, maybe not better. Maybe just more monetarily rewarding things to do. I think this will be cute. I loved the Christmas one. It It wasn't horrible. But... I, I like that we're getting like a little Halloween special. Like I'm I'm really excited for the holidays because I just feel like time has been really going by really slow the past month. So I'm just excited for summer to be over and to be able to do festive things like get some pumpkins and I don't know, not watch scary movies. I'm not the biggest scary movie person, but just to be surrounded by all the spooky shit. Yeah, is this more the the level of scariest that you need? Is the Legos little kids holiday special? I think so. Like I, I think that I have reached my limit, and my limit is the terrifying tales <laughs> of Legos. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I did not like the Christmas one. I thought it was uh, pretty grating, but I don't know. I'll turn it on anyway. That's the nice thing about Disney Plus. You can just turn things on. Who cares if they're good or not? It's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's fine. But it it's fun though. I I wonder if we're gonna get another like holiday special. I don't know. This might be the one for the year. But I do want to know what a Sith themed hotel looks like, and I wonder if they are charging five thousand dollars for two nights. I hope not. I I think I'd rather go there versus uh, versus uh, Disney World's. Oh, dude. If you could go stay in Vader's castle, fuck yeah. It's probably haunted. Like, I I love the idea of staying at the Hotel Dell because the Hotel Dell's haunted. Like, the fact that I would stay at, like, a Sith, a Sith castle. Like, sign me the fuck up. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like a better experience. Yeah, because it's, it's old. It has history. I can walk around. Like, Vader's probably walked down these halls. Like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I I love that. I love history. And the history of Darth Vader, like, cool. I wonder if there's, like, little things on the walls of, uh, like, pictures. And Vader was here. And blah, blah, blah. And was doing this at this time. <laughs> and then you have, like, signatures that he made from, like, signing over things. I don't know. You have, like, memorabilia. You have, like, his, like, first chest plate or something. I don't know. Just... Like, the miscellaneous shit that you'll find in a museum or something. Yeah. I love a good museum. Uh, let's see. Uh, I don't think we have any more news, so do you want to head into the Bad Batch? Yeah, let's talk about the Bad Batch, the penultimate episode this season. It was pretty freaking good. What did you think? I thought it was really, really good. You know, episode 15, Return to Camino. I wasn't expecting to get so invested in this episode, in the events of this episode, and to get invested in Camino because, you know, we've known about Camino for, God, I, 15 years. 20 years now it's because to um attack the clones came out in 2000 2002 it's 2021 so yeah about like 20 years i wasn't expecting to feel from the destruction of camino and the the final shots of camino before it was destroyed and with the characters like i feel like this was a good episode just for feelings and for for our characters, what else did you think? I was very happy with the crosshair direction. I had said before that I wanted his stuff to not just be because of the chip in his head. Now, I didn't think he, I, I certainly did not guess that he were going to hear that he had taken the chip out, but I do, I did like that reveal because I like that being. No, he is making these choices. This is what he actually believes and what he's doing. And I thought they they hammered home really well that he feels like he is the one who was betrayed. And not just by, you know, one of his family, but by all of his family. And is obviously, like, really hurt and really angry about that. And he still cares about these people. 
I wasn't too surprised of how angry that he was that they had left him. But I was surprised that he actually vocalized it and told them. Because I thought that it was just something <laughs> yeah. that he was going to keep to himself forever. Because you feel it. You felt it in the one episode when he was in their old their old room. And you have the new troopers around him. And he's sitting in his old spot. And he's kind of reminiscing of, you know, the old times. You feel it because of, you know, his need to want to capture these guys. And to want to to want to do something with them. You know, especially that one episode where he gets he gets really hurt. And... As hurt as he is, he still wants to destroy them. He still wants them to feel the feelings that he felt when they abandoned him. And the fact that he he told them that, he vocalized that, just, it was really big. And it was really something that I wasn't expecting from a show. I am really impressed with the creators, the animators, and... Uh, the composer of this episode because and the last couple of episodes because you get some hints from Attack the Clones you get some hints from other Star Wars movies like the score like really tied everything together and I just I thought because you talk about the animation I thought those the scenes of just sort of all the different um empty rooms and stuff on on Camino that they go through that little montage before the destruction starts I thought was really beautiful and not like the stuff we normally get an animation yeah I I really liked that I really liked how we got to see as viewers just what Camino is now and that beautiful fucking scene of the star cruiser going on to Camino and you see Tarkin on the hologram saying you may fire when ready. Oh my <laughs> God. If there's a line in star Wars that like, I'm trying to like not vulgarly, vulgarly say like that could like make me orgasm. Like that is the line. <laughs> That is the line that you may fire when ready. Like, that is the line that can do fucking anything for me. Yeah, it's pretty good. And especially, like, I'm so I'm so proud of Stanton that he actually got to say the line. Like, he must have been so fucking thrilled that he got to say you may fire when ready. Because that... It's like the Tarkin line, that's yeah. That's the Tarkin line. Like, ah... He must be so happy. And this makes me miss those Steel Collin shows. Because it's like, I want Steel to call Steven Stanton and ask, like, how how he felt saying that. Like, Steel, can you can you call up Steven Stanton so you can ask him? Because I don't have Steven Stanton's number. Like, can, <laughs> can we do that? Yeah, and also get him to say it on the show again. Oh, my God. Yeah, Steel, like... I don't know what you're doing right now, but and maybe we should do these call-in shows again because, like, I want to talk to Stephen Stanton about slot machines again. <laughs> Since I don't work at a casino anymore, I can give him all the detail. No, I'm kidding. But I, I think that's so cool. I'm so happy for Stephen Stanton. Like, just the fact that he got to say the line, I was so happy. And hearing the line yeah. and seeing the destruction of Camino, I wasn't expecting for the show to go that route. I feel like I associate these shows so much with kids shows and, you know, especially it being animated, but I wasn't expecting to feel as much as I felt for these characters, for this show entirely. And 
you know, possibly more than The Mandalorian. You know, I feel like I'm getting to know these characters. I feel like, you know, I'm sympathizing with these characters. And these characters are making big moves. You know, you see Omega, you know, coming back to Camino, everyone asking if she's okay. And she's like, this doesn't matter. Like, we have to, we have to get Hunter. Like, nothing else matters. My feelings don't matter. Like, that was so fucking big of her to do that and to be there. And these characters are just so good. This series is really good. And I'm really happy to see what direction it's going in. And the fact that they have crosshair back. You know, I know that they removed the chick. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm really conflicted. I think that crosshair is full of shit. I don't think that he had the chip removed. I think he's just saying that to fuck with them. Because it's like, I know that, like, why would he lie? But then it's crosshair. Like, he just wants to give them more of a reason to feel bad that he fucking abandoned, that they all abandoned him. Yeah, it's entirely possible that he's lying about that. But, I mean, obviously he did something to his head. But also, I I think even if he's lying about that, I, I still think it's true that this isn't all because of the chip. I think, you know, like you could say the first thing when he is willing to kill all the Jedi is because of the chip. But his anger isn't. That's genuine. His anger is genuine and his feelings are genuine. But I'm not 100% sure that what he said about the chip is genuine. Because you see the first episode when they kill the Jedi and the Bad Batch is like, what the fuck is going on? He's like, well, what do you mean what's going on? Like, we shouldn't care what's going on. Like, this was always in Crosshair's you know, DNA, this is always in his head that, you know, good soldiers follow orders. Like, that's just always been a thing that he's just done. He's never questioned it. The other guys have. I don't know. Because it's like the Bad Batch, like, they they definitely felt for Crosshair when they had to leave him. You know, but it was never like, God, we miss Crosshair. Like, that was probably mentioned, like, once or twice. But the fact that Crosshair, you know, with them is just screaming to them. Well, not screaming, literally. But it's like you can feel it that you guys fucking abandoned me. And then he kills all those other troopers around them to show. Like, I feel like that shows so much, like, how much he was hurting and how much he was willing to prove to them. That he loves them. And that those are his brothers. And that though he wants them to join the, he wants them to join the Empire with them, that he still wants them to be together you know knowing that even though that they left him behind he still wants that sense of family like though you know you're the outcast of your family you still want your fucking family like that is so big that's good um i hope they manage to stick the landing next episode and we don't learn something incredibly stupid about omega I know. I'm just waiting for them to pull the, the she's force sensitive bullshit. But I mean, if they pull it, they pull it. I mean, that doesn't change how I feel about Omega. Omega's still a beautifully created character who I think it's really cool that, you know, she's a first generation clone. I think that's really cool. I love her. She's great. I'm glad we're going to get more of her. Me too. And I'm curious to see if. Uh, if they end up turning crosshair, like who's going to be the bad guy in this show? Is it going to be that the one dude who's under Tarkin? Whose yeah. name I always forget. It's like Rampart or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like a noun. Yeah. I'm really sad about the Camonians too. You know, about how like Lamasu is, you know, cap in captivity and, you know, kind of 
in custody of the empire and that you know she can't she can't do much anymore then you have the prime minister's dead then all the clones are off world doing stuff but i'm also like there's there's still clones out there i wonder what's going to happen to all the rest of those clones yeah like is the empire like do they try do they eliminate them are they going to hunt them down or do they just sort of let it like well they you know we know they age rapidly fuck them who cares they're just going to die eventually anyway I wonder what their lifespan is. Good question. That is one thing I don't think they are entirely clear on. No, because Omega's still a kid. Yeah, but she's ages normally. Like like Boba. That is true. I know, I wonder what the aging system is like for the rest of the Bad Batch. Because you see Rex... Um, in Rebels, and he looks like he's aged like 40 years. Hmm. I'm trying to, you know, in the in the Clone Wars, the episode with the, with the old clone, who is like the janitor now, do we know how old he was in real years? Do they ever mention that? No, they don't, but I see that he's like clone 99, so I think I want to say he's 99 years old, but I doubt it. Yeah, that wouldn't, that wouldn't track. Yeah. Yeah, well, overall, but, yeah. this was a really, really good episode. I'm really happy to see what this show is providing, you know, what content the show is creating, and just how the show is making me feel. It makes me feel for these characters, feel for the situation, feel for the how the war has impacted so many people in this galaxy, and especially the clones, you know, especially the Bad Batch. Like, this was their home, and their home being destroyed, and, you know, seeing... You know, Omega react to that, too, because, like, this was Omega's home. Like, even though she was really happy to leave, it it's just really sad to see the destruction of Kamino. Yeah. But, I mean, we know what the Empire ends up doing with the, you know, the cloning and, you know, what other technology is on Kamino anyways. So I'm glad that we got to see kind of the end to Kamino and to how... You know, the clone army ended because we knew it was going to end with those TK troopers taking over where the clones were once previously. So I'm glad that we kind of got an answer to, you know, any of the questions having to do with how did the clones transition to TK troopers or where did the clones go? So I'm glad we got that answer. Yep. Yeah. So should we finish this out with... A voicemail? I really think we should. Um, I see. We also have an email. Um, let's save that for next week because we're already over an hour. Uh, so Rebecca will get to your email. Um, I know Turbo actually was originally going to send us a, a voice message last week. But when he had asked, I'm like, oh, we're already done recording today. He had missed it by like an hour or so. so. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing Rebecca's next week because Rebecca's really fun and her tweets are so funny. Like I, I've been hashtag going through it these past couple weeks and every time I see her tweets, like it just makes me laugh so hard. So I just am so happy of what beautiful tweets that Rebecca is providing to the world because they make me really happy. So thanks, Rebecca. 
Uh, are you playing this or am I playing this? Uh, I'll play it. Okay. Okay. Here is our friend Turbo. Hey, Lindo and Brito. I have an apology to make, and I, I thank Chris Fresh for bringing it to my attention in his voicemail last week. I've not been living up to my responsibilities as a canto bitch or a, a canto cunt or whatever, whatever you want to call me. Um, I can't remember. I can't remember the last time I wrote in or sent a voicemail. I'm, I'm truly sorry, and I'll do better in the future. So, Brittany, I'm so happy that you found a new job and have finally moved into your new apartment with Boo. Um, if you don't have a name yet for your apartment, can I suggest calling it the Boudoir? Hopefully there's there's more yes boo than the Nabu in the boudoir. Um, so I know it's supposed to be a Star Wars podcast, but I really don't have anything nice to say about Star Wars this week. So I'm just going to talk about Ted Lasso instead. What a fucking brilliant show. Um, I'm a little bit obsessed with Brett Goldstein, who plays Roy Kent. Um, maybe not quite as obsessed as Emily. But um, <laughs> go check out his film podcast called Films to be Buried with. Um, and he has also a podcast? his film, I think it's on Amazon Prime, yeah. called Super Bob, where he plays a reluctant superhero postman. <gasps> and one more thing there's also a show on also Prime. Um, it's called Soulmates, which he wrote, and I think he's the showrunner. Um, it's kind of a Black Mirror type series, but all to do with human relationships and finding your soulmate through a 100% accurate test and how that might impact your current relationships. It's a really good show. I really recommend it. It's only one season so far, and I think there's season two coming soon. So back to Ted Lasso. Um, Ted Lasso is apparently only planned for three seasons. Um, Jason Sudeikis says it should follow the Star Wars trilogy format. I'm thinking that the first season is obviously relegation, which we've seen. Um, the second season maybe would be promotion to the Premier League, um, maybe with Roy Kent frozen in carbonite or something. Um, but for the final season, Richmond surely have to win at least one competition. Um, I'm thinking they probably won't win the whole Premier League, more like a, a midweek trophy like the League Cup or even the FA Cup. Um, maybe they could stretch it to a fourth season maybe and, and qualify the for the champion, uh, European Champions League uh, with the team Richmond FC touring all over Europe. Um, that'd be kind of cool to see. Um, so anyway, questions. For my first question, uh, how do you think Ted Lasso will end in the final season? Um, what would your what would be your ideal final scene? Do you think Rebecca and Ted would will or should get together? Uh, for me, the one thing I want to want from this show is for Ted to finally return home to the US and coach his son Henry's soccer team. Um, I think this has to happen. It breaks my heart that Ted is not with his son. Um, I've been coaching my boys' cricket and soccer teams for many, many years now, and even though I'm a fairly mediocre coach, um, it brings me equal parts joy, frustration, and, and even heartache. Um, but hopefully my boys and their mates will look back and think I was not too bad a coach and that they learnt a few life lessons along the way. So... That's how I want it to end. I want him to be coaching his son. Um, so for my second question, I'm really sorry to do this, but I don't make the rules. Um, here's a fuck, Mary kill. So my fuck, Mary kill is for Ted Lasso, Coach Beard, and Roy Kent. There you go. Sorry to do this to you. But, um, yeah, sorry for the lack of voicemails and emails, but I will do better, and I miss you guys, girls, um, and I'll talk to you later. Oh, thank you, Turbo. 
I learned a lot in these past three minutes. The fact that the actor that plays Roy Kent has more content out there, like, excites me. Possibly sexually, but <laughs> it excites me. Yeah, I definitely need to check out the Superhero Postman movie. And I had, I've heard of the show Soulmates. I didn't realize that it was a show that he had um, developed. So I'm going to actually check that one out. No, I've, I haven't listened to a ton of his podcast yet, but I've listened to a few episodes. And it's, it's really good. So first, how do you think Ted or how do you want Ted Lasso to end? On a good note, I, I like that wholesome ending where he's coaching his son's team. Because I feel like that's a t- that's the thing that the show leaves out is, you know, that there's a father away from his son and like how hard that really is. Because you see this happy-go-lucky Ted and you saw him go through this like this horrible divorce because like he loved his wife and he wanted to do everything he could to, you know, keep that relationship alive. But, you know, when they both realized that they couldn't, like he knew what he had to do. The fact that he's away from his son, too, is super hard. So I think that that's a really wholesome way to end. Or, you know, possibly his son moving to, you know, the UK with him. That would be really nice, too. You know, the lassos back together. Like, that's that's really good. But what do you think? How do you think the show should end? Yeah, I, I do like the, the idea of seeing him coaching again, and then it's his son's team. Um with with the with the Richmond team, I do wonder like whether I mean it seems like like it'd be too early for for Nate to Kate to like be like head coach or something like that. So whether Coach Beard would stay there even after Ted moves back home, especially if he's still with Jane. Um. I really liked it, and even though it's been fun to see Roy, like as a sports commentator, I'd love to see him involved with the team again somehow at the end. So if you had him as one of the coaches, I would really like that. I also want him and Kaylee to get engaged or married or I don't know. Something like wholesome and nice because that's what Keely deserves is, you know, stability and happiness. And, you know, Roy definitely gives that to her. But then, but also maybe like her to show up to his little, his, his little girls night where they watch reality TV and do yoga. Like, I think that'd be super cute for him to involve her in like in one of those sessions. Oh, that would. If I could just have a whole show of Roy Kent doing yoga and watching reality TV with his and drinking friends wine. and drinking wine, that's just like it, it. That's what the Taylor Swift secret sessions are to me of just friends getting together, having fun, listening to me. Like just it just it's so it's so wholesome. And I want to see Rebecca find love because Rebecca deserves it. Yes. You know, after her last husband was fucking horrible and like tortured her all last season with with younger Rebecca. That was horrible. And he needs to go fuck himself. And Yes. Did you know that Jason Sudeikis is dating young Rebecca in real life? What? I know. That's what I said. Good for him. I had no idea. That's funny. I know. No, I, I 
I don't want to see Ted and Rebecca end up together. I have faith in the show that if they do go that route, they would do it well. But I just, I like them as friends. And I think it's nice to have a show where they are just friends. And I just, I don't think they have any, like, their their chemistry is great as friends. I don't think they have any, like, romantic or sexual chemistry at all. Yeah, I don't see a romantic chemistry with Ted and Rebecca either. I'm, I think that maybe Rebecca will get back together with that one guy from earlier in the season. And, like, maybe he'll, like, prove that he's not boring and his stories aren't so boring i don't know like i feel he like he'll was come boring. back or something he wasn't good enough for her but who is good enough for her i'm gonna laugh if it's one of the boys on the team what if it's like sam or something <laughs> there was that cute moment in season one where she thinks he's asking her out Ooh, that could be it that'd be funny though because like sam's just such like a kind guy like Anyone would be lucky to have Sam. And maybe that's Rebecca. Who knows? Because, I don't know, maybe Ted will be with her friend. I don't know. But I, I don't know, though. Like, I don't know what will happen with Ted or Rebecca. But I also hope that they don't get together. But, I mean, if they get together, it's not the worst thing in the world. Because it's like they, they mean well. Especially the fact that Rebecca was able to honestly tell Ted that, you know, he she wanted him to fail in the very beginning. And how sorry that she was about it. And that's all that meant to Ted was that she was sorry. And that, you know, she needs to forgive herself. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Well, should we get to the fuck, Mary kill? Yeah. Okay. Ted, Coach Beard, Roy. Now... We have learned in this last episode from Sassy that Ted was very eager to please in, in bed and it was really good, but he talks like Ted. he's just, he's still Ted in the bedroom and I don't think I could handle that. And I also, like, from what we've seen, like, the thing that caused his divorce, I understand that so much is, like, yeah, it would be incredibly frustrating to be married to somebody as relentlessly optimistic and always trying to fix things as as Ted. Like, I need to be married to somebody I can just, like, bitch about things with who will just let me complain and not try to fix things. And so I think I have to kill Ted, which makes me very, very, very sad. But I want to fuck Roy Kent and find out the thing that he does with his hips to make his penis feel like it has a curve in it. And but he needs to be married to Keely, so I can't marry Roy. And also Coach Beard, I love, and he is funny and very smart and weird and I love him. And also I think he's super cute too, so I would marry Coach Beard. The selfishness in my heart wants to marry Roy Kent, but seeing how (laughs) lovely he is with with Keely... I gotta kill Roy because I I can't interrupt that relationship because it's my favorite relationship on television right now and I would hate to see something happen to it. So Is killing him not something happening to it? Well, it's just I would rather <laughs> kill him than kill his relationship with Keely. Okay. So everyone loses. <laughs> Everyone has to lose in this scenario. So 
I would I would fuck Ted Lasso because he seems like he would be fun possibly maybe but then like you can marry Coach Beard and Coach Beard just seems like one of those just quiet guys that just will do anything to just like make you happy but then he's like so weird too so you can do weird things like he seems so down to do anything and you want that in a partner so I think that Coach Beard would be a good husband okay and I don't think I could learn what what weird thing that Roy does with his hips to make his penis curve like I I don't think that like I I will be able to comprehend from that. Like, I, I feel like that will blow my mind so much that I might die too. I might die from my mind being blown. So I think that is the best that I never know what that thing is that he does to make his penis curve. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was that was a difficult one. But thank you, Turbo. Yeah, thanks, Turbo. And thank you for all the nice things you had to say. I'll I'll ask Carlos what he thinks about calling our place the boudoir. That's pretty good. It is. I know. The fact that I'm going to have to constantly hear all the naboos in the other room and not have to scream at him is going to be really hard. <laughs> but I think I'll, I'll be okay. But yeah, just some of those naboos, man. It's like they fuck with you. And that's... That, naboo is the epitome to like what Carlos is because it's so funny like the fact that he created this game and this game is so him like it's it's hilarious it's it's frustrating it's hilarious like it's it it's life it's it's really something it is like if if you want to know Carlos as a person like that is Naboo is Carlos yeah and that is for those who don't know that is a segment on the Sith List, which is a quote-unquote game that Carlos has developed that doesn't really seem to follow rules or structure or facts. That's Carlos. You know, no rules, no structure, no facts. <laughs> it is immensely frustrating. That is Carlos. Frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he's great. He He's pretty good. And he enjoys it too. He sometimes there's that gif of 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 uh, of Kim Kardashian saying it's what she deserves, and I think that it's what they deserve. <laughs> I don't know. And just hearing Karaj frustrated too is hilarious because like the fact that they have the okay, the fact that they've fallen for it so many times too, just makes me enjoy it so much more because it's like. They know Carlos. They know what Carlos is capable of. And the fact that they allow Carlos to constantly give them naboos when they know they're going to be wrong, but then they're still wrong and they're still mad about it is the funniest thing to me because it's like he wins every time. Like that is how you let him win is is by answering those questions. The <laughs> only way to win is not to play. <laughs> exactly. And they continue to play. poetry but check out the sith list it's a bunch of fun dudes coming together to talk about geek things and life and but it, the difference between the geek dudes and the sith list is that 
Raj doesn't fart into the microphone <laughs> like Chris Fresh does. So if you want to listen to someone fart into a microphone, I would definitely check out <laughs> the Geek Dudes, where they talk about He-Man and Legos and Elton John. <laughs> and that one song about the fire. Yeah, the fire song. Yeah, the fire song. It always comes back to those dudes. Just everything just comes back. <laughs> well, Emily, after this, uh, one ninety nine. Yeah, we're almost at two hundred. Um, if you'd like to send us an email for two hundred, um, candidbypod at gmail dot com. Just put two hundred in the subject line. So that way, even if you send it before we record 199, we know to save it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Almost there. Yeah, I wonder what if she do anything fun. Um, I have a bunch of white claws in the fridge, just waiting for an opportunity to be drank. So maybe 200s for that opportunity. I don't know. If we should, I just what do you guys want from like what what do you want? But, but Emily, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to like know. watch a movie? Do you want? Because that's a lot of effort. Like I yeah. I I already made you a cover letter and resume. Like I I know that I'm staying here. Like I know that <laughs> I am confident in our relationship because we just hit four years. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm confident in us. I'm confident in our ability to maintain our relationship. I feel as I am capable of maintaining a relationship. Like, I am confident in the fact that we have kept this going on for four years. We're almost at 200 episodes. I am happy that we have made it to 200 episodes almost. I don't want to jinx anything, but we've come a long way. So, Emily, where can we find you in the podcast on social media? I am on Twitter and Instagram at EFLind. The show is at CantoBitePod. And again, our email address, CantoBitePod at gmail.com. How about you, Brittany? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as CantoBrit. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening and we will talk to you next time bye bye here we go yo 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 and away we go it's time to serenade my girl lindo sorry the ladies where i had to say no but if i'm cheating on sabrina it's on canto no shame in the game make even rogue one seem tame but i blame it on brit with a ginger main main yeah that's fire love on the rocks leaves the love on my socks lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked especially when y'all truly whips out his cock canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E&B deserve congratulations Our 
adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches, all my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies, Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch with Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team and had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream that made him show me his O face Got to meet Turbo and throw back some brews Fish tacos and San Fran, you know we approve Rebecca from Perth, I haven't met you yet Last shout to Frucci, dude, I didn't forget This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches Rubia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and Horse B at Scum and Villainy King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Raj too You know the list ain't complete without lesson, boo This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame You love the fun, the games, and refresh your bangs Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts Take your CBD, send in your top threes And you'll always be a bitch like me Get him, Eric